This is O&M on the doorstep. Episode 3, Winter Hiking with Snowshoes. So yesterday we went up to a place called Devereux, near the Swiss border, to do snowshoeing, which is a new sport for both of us. Yeah, this is the first time Zoe tried, and I tried for the first time last weekend. It's actually a very popular activity in Italy. Yeah, seems it. I'd never really heard of it before, apart from a friend's mum who, instead of skiing, snowshoed, but I hadn't realised it was such a big thing here, let's say. Yeah, it seems pretty normal. Like, I don't know about you, but my Instagram feed was pretty much full of people doing the ciaspolata, which is the <laughs> Italian way of saying going for a snowshoe hike, <laughs> essentially. And, um, yeah, so we decided we should try and... Join the hype. Give it a go. So. <laughs> yeah, join the hype. Give Integrate it into Italian life and get the uh, ciaspolata underway. Exactly. So first we'll tell you a little bit about our experience and our thoughts on snowshoeing and then we'll tell you a bit about how we organised it and how to plan a ciaspolata. So what we both said yesterday when we were hiking through the mountains was that it's actually a really nice and accessible way to get to the mountains without having to ski or without having to have a lot of technical know-how. Yeah, exactly. So we're both obviously into climbing, but the world of ice climbing, for example, requires an awful lot of gear and a lot of knowledge as well that neither of us really have. Yeah, although I think you can go with a guide, but it's also um, a question of something, I mean, expense, like... Yeah, exactly. Snowshoes, much less expensive. And I think for me, a certain level of fitness as well, in that most people can hike. To, you know, most young, relatively fit people can hike. Walk, you can even say. Exactly, yeah. you're walking really. So, whereas skiing, which is another popular sport, mm. we both do it. You can tend to end up with people of different levels if they haven't done it before or um, aren't so used to it. And you definitely need to take lessons yeah. to know how to do it with with the snowshoes. You can. I mean, you can hide the shoes and then you can wear them and you just have to walk. And right. Everyone much I guess that's why it's so that. popular with groups of friends, families in Italy, because anyone can do it. So yeah. um, it's, quite, it's definitely more sociable as well than skiing. Yeah. I felt like I had a good you chat can with a walk and tour. Walking along as, as you find with any hike, um, you can walk and talk and, or, you know, be on your own and have a think. Yeah, true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, actually. You could just go by yourself, depending on... Yeah, depending on safety, but I felt like it was... I mean, the route that we took as a walk was relatively well-trodden. There was a fair few people around that were helping us with some directions (laughs) at times. Um, So I wouldn't say it felt so remote that it felt particularly dangerous at any point. No, it's not like mountaineering or like, you know, going with crampons up to the peak of different mountains or whatever. It's... Much more leisurely. Much more entry-level kind of <laughs> outdoors activity. I mean, say. I still think you needed s- some level of, of gear and that you could have got quite cold if, if anything True. were to happen. You needed an extra layer or two if the weather was to change. But, I mean, we were very lucky that it was so sunny yesterday. And 
Yeah, we had a really beautiful day hiking. Yeah, and we both have, you know, we had our, our ski trousers on, for example, so neither of us were worried about getting a little bit soggy and falling over. cold, falling over and getting wet and cold. Um, so that definitely put it puts us at an advantage. Yeah, and it's a nice way to get into nature in a kind of non-disruptive way. Yeah. Like, nice. you leave everything as it is, you just mm -hmm. go and walk through. I mean, yesterday we were on pretty well-defined paths, but also last weekend when I went, we used um, an app in order to kind of follow a route and it was less well defined most of the time it was pretty well well trodden path but just a nice way to get sort of uninterrupted excuse me into nature yeah it felt pretty remote and the views were just stunning we walked across a frozen lake too which yeah which was a little bit <laughs> perhaps unnerving at um, times <laughs> being from the uk where you lakes just do not freeze <laughs> frozen pond at best. and uh, there'll be a million and one health and safety signs to suggest that you should not go anywhere near the frozen pond but yeah exactly <laughs> that's not here in italy indeed no but it was i don't know it's very nice um in yeah. terms of a sustainable sport as well you, you said that you go and touched thinking about skiing I know that um, it's becoming a worry for certain people that the impact of the, all the infrastructure that a ski resort requires is quite damaging for the environment and for such a beautiful environment as well getting the lifts in the snowmobiles all the equipment that's needed and oh. the crowds as well the crowds of people like you're going into the mountains and you're doing a really fun activity but you're surrounded by a lot of people right which I don't know about you but like I love skiing but when the piece is really full of people, it makes you feel a little bit yeah, anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that all the pieces have been piece smashed, for example, yeah. so the vehicles relatively, you know. You feel like you're in a place where there's a lot of other people there, whereas you go, as with when you go for a hike, when you go for a hike and there's not that many people around, it's like a nice moment to kind of get away. Yeah, <laughs> get escape away from the crowds of the city. Yeah. So it's also, also nice for that reason. I guess it's a nice compromise to do perhaps one day skiing and then one day snowshoeing where you get a bit of both, you get the best of both worlds. The best of both worlds, yeah, the, the freedom of um, being sort of more alone in the wilderness and then the adrenaline of the skiing. I know we yeah, both exactly. found at times going downhill, it was like, oh, if we're just on skis, this would be so much quicker. <laughs> yeah, that was also a case of like feeling a bit tired as well. Yeah. Because actually it's a bit more tiring than than I thought. I mean, yeah. I suppose it's the same when you're walking up a steep hill or walking down a steep hill. It's I think tough. And in the snow, the deep snow, it is almost like walking in sand or yeah. any other difficult terrain. But, and the altitude perhaps as well. I don't know about you, but I felt very out of breath at certain <laughs> points, which made me consider the January fitness plan a little more. Yeah, exactly. No, that's true. And actually, so last weekend I did that. Sorry, going back to what you were saying about skiing and and snowshoeing, like I went for a weekend where the first day we went skiing, the next day we went for the snowshoe hike and it was like a really nice combination because also, like as with yesterday, when we went for a hike, we just went for a couple of hours hike and then um, went for lunch at one of the refuges in that area on the hike, like, um, I don't know, they're like these random little villages like dotted in the middle of nowhere yeah. and they'll have these amazing like farm stays or B&Bs or whatever where they do it's incredible mountainous food. restaurants yeah. yeah so you also need, really need half a day so yeah. it's like you could do one full day skiing and then the next day do half a day hike have some lunch and then go back home 
Yeah, yeah, perfect weekend away from yeah. the city. And I, I mean, I suppose for us here in Milan, it's an hour and a half, two hours drive, which is ridiculous when you compared to some of the locations. I know it can take a long time to get out of certain yeah. bigger cities across the world. Although yesterday we did seem to go for a bit a bit further away, didn't we? <laughs> we didn't go to the most local area. No. It was quite a long day, but... Uh, yeah, but not painfully long. I didn't feel like we were too late back into the city. I, we did yeah. get up early as if it was work, but it wasn't, again, disgustingly yeah. early. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. We, we coped. Definitely, and it was a really great way to get out of the city and refresh a bit. Yeah. Breathe some fresh air. And we should talk about the lunch because that was just... Oh, the lunch. Yeah, we indulged. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just say about mountain food. I can't believe yeah. we didn't um, mention that first. Polenta, which is... I've discovered traditional Italian, but a great yeah. wheat-free alternative. I sort of can't believe that it's not been hyped more. Because it seems so indulgent, maybe. maybe it doesn't perhaps, feel like it's like a healthy version of anything. You know how, how quinoa has become fashionable in the UK? I don't yeah. know how polenta hasn't made also it Also because it's more local. Yeah. Is it actually? Well, it's more local than more Peru, right? <laughs> I think quinoa comes from there, so polenta must be logically slightly more local. But um, yeah, a great grain, I suppose, that I associate with the mountains. Um, cheeses yeah. and meat. Cheese, meat. It's not... The best option for vegetarians to be totally or, or, free. Or vegans. <laughs> or be, well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, ultimately vegans. But it is nice. Like, there's something nice going with them. Um, so yesterday we went with a group of friends and we all hiked together, had a nice time. It was very sociable. And then you have a nice lunch together, have some wine. Like, it's kind of cozy, cozy day out. Really yeah, nice. a great hugger way to spend the day, yeah, I suppose, in the winter months. a good alternative to the usual, you know, maybe going for a drink with your mates in the city. Yeah. Go for a nice little chasuble after. Yeah, or shopping, you know, that's one of yeah. the go-tos at the weekend. Yeah, that's true. A great way to get out. Yeah. Okay, so a little um, word about planning, how we've been planning these snowshoe hikes and how we would like to plan them in the future, maybe. Yeah, so that other people can do similar activities on their doorsteps um, that we're getting up to and how we're looking into this and how we as two relatively normal girls um, relatively, <laughs> relatively normal who's Wait, normal what does that mean <laughs> for yourself <laughs> um, have managed to uh, yeah do these things that seem really exciting and some people are daunted I suppose to get out there yeah because you, you just kind of I mean how I have looked at it up until now is like you see something nice like a nice activity to do and start to look look it up and try and understand it and then, then kind of give up <laughs> because it seems a little daunting. But yeah, so how we organised um, yesterday's hike was actually to a friend. Yeah. And um, the other ways, yeah, so basically so far we've, we've gone through friends, like places that we, like the refugio mm -hmm. that we've been stayed in before, do yeah. recommendations. So the refuge or the refugios here are sort of like the bothies of Scotland, the youth hostels of the UK, yeah, and yeah. equivalent um, gites in France, whereby um, they're located in relatively rural areas. You can find them online. They're often starting to pop up on Google Maps now um, and through the mm -hmm. means guidebooks and the likes of the local areas will definitely help them. Um, Some are a bit more basic, basic <laughs> than others, yeah, yeah of course. Snatched away, um, but it's a good starting place in that 
they are, as we said, there was a, almost a whole town, a village, let's say, a small village, but I don't think anybody lived there. Um, but it was a good base whereby we could then get into even more um, rural surroundings, but there was still that safety of there was going to be food nearby and mm -hmm. um, some people were gathering. So essentially first it's like find the area in which you want to organise your hike, look for the different refuges yeah, and um, see if one of those might also hire the snowshoes yeah or you could maybe book the lunch so for example in our hike that we just did we um, hired the snowshoes directly at the play at the starting point of the hike and then we booked our lunch because you don't want to be walking for an hour and then get to the to realize to the restaurant booked. and find you can't eat anything yeah that would, would not be, be ideal. Difficult. <laughs> so, yeah. Some hangry people around. I'd imagine if that was going to be the case. Yes. We yeah. were a little bit hangry, weren't we? And the other thing to note is find out where you can get to. Because we were lucky that um, we had two friends who were drivers who have cars here. Yeah. And it would, yeah, it would have been relatively tricky, I think, without a car. Yeah. I mean, there's other places that we could plan to go to. And we're looking at planning by using public transport. Yeah. But often... The clues in the name, if it's rural, the public transport can be a bit of a pain. Yeah, potentially prohibitive. Yeah, but that's our next step, that's isn't it? We're going to try and look up a hike that we can get to, mm -hmm. that we can reach on public transport. Yeah, be it through trains or buses. Or a combination of the two. Or a combination of the two, exactly. So I think there's always ways around it if you're keen to do it and um, keen to put a bit yeah. of time into some research. It's just the first point was to try and understand, I suppose, the area in which you would like to... Exactly. ...to hike in, I think. Also that's the old-fashioned reading. Yeah, online forums, ask mm -hmm. your friends, like, maybe reach out to people. I don't know how active some... I mean, I don't really mind commenting on people's pictures on Instagram, even though I don't know the person. So, like, if you see a hike, maybe, that someone's done nearby locally to you and you're not really that sure, you can also reach out to people, yeah. I think. Generally speaking, people are pretty receptive. I think sometimes as a generation we forget the good old ideas of community and yeah. asking for help. You're saying that you expect to have all the information to hand and sometimes it's not there. Whereas if you just ask someone, it's actually easier to access. Absolutely. Being on a slightly strange um, online corner of the <laughs> internet. Um, so yeah, although I mean that is online. it's the same thing on online community, right? Like you can find online communities as well as of offline. Of course, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's, I think, at the starting point. Reach out, try and get us informed and as much information as possible. And get out there. So we hope that's inspired you to maybe get out this winter, try something a bit different, a new sport, um, get some fresh air. It's part of the January New, new Year's resolutions. And not to be intimidated by, you know, going out into the mountains exactly yeah and uh breathing some fresh air doing something a bit different perhaps something we didn't mention earlier actually which is also quite important is that there are plenty of organized hikes with mm -hmm. guides mountain guides so that's also something else we'll put in our description to link link the notes in the bio exactly yeah sometimes it's a nice start if you feel a little bit underconfident a guide can take you and then you can do it yourself the next time perhaps exactly. Um, a good platform, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, we'd love to hear about any trips, any new sports that you've tried in the new year. Um, 
let us know. Also, yeah, we would also like to know what other options you have for winter activities. Yeah, please drop us a message. Have a good week. Bye.